This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. This show is brought to you by IndieWrestling.us. Check out IWC, RWA, and more. And listeners like you, support this show at patreon.com slash wrestlingmayhemshow. Hey guys, it is the Indie Mayhem Show. I'm Mike Sorgat Sorgatron on the Twitter here in the Sorgatron Media Studios in Pittsburgh, PA. And this is the show where you talk, we talk about people in and around independent professional wrestling. And sometimes we have panels. And it seemed right to bring back a panel. We brought back an exact panel that we had a little bit ago. But in the meantime, please go check out everything at WrestlingMayhemShow.com. And a lot of people we do have on the show. And some of the uh, feds that we talk about are over at IndieWrestling.us. As well as more. I'm sorry. Somebody is Vanna Whiting. Uh, what my, my, my intro apparently over here. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, go check that out. And of course, drop us a line. Good times at WrestlingMayhemShow.com. At 412-206-WMS0. Uh, to let us know if you have any uh, suggestions on people to talk to, panels that you'd like to hear. We can put some uh, other stuff together than intergender wrestling. I, I'm sure there's plenty of other topics out there. Uh, but what's that? It's like Spider-Man in wrestling and how that will get you booked at Rise. Uh, but anyways, we have... <laughs> We have we have the return panel with us. First of all, Emily Fear is with us of the... Oh, no, now it blanked. <laughs> Talking, talking honor. Talking honor. Thank you. I'm like, no, that's too simple of a title. But that's exactly it. The Talking Honor the podcast over at the PW Torch. Yep. Hi. Thank you for joining us again. Thanks for having me back. Also, back uh, once again sharing a microphone is Jinx. Hey, what's up? Oh, <laughs> and Honey Badger. The conjoined twins. Yes. Uh, back well, again. Well, last time you shared a mic, it got so it got a lot of gift play. So uh, yeah, which like you know. We just have to do it for the internet. There you go. It's for for you guys out there. And also, uh, uh, head of talent relations over at Rise Wrestling. This Rise with a Y. Yes. Is Marcus Mann. Yes. I'm wearing uh, my hashtag new knees uh, tonight. Uh, Morgan Rockefeller's t-shirt and Jack Pollock's hat. <laughs> Both have had recent knee surgeries, so they're hashtag team new knees. Oh uh, well, there's an intergender team we can have. That yes. is! Oh, yeah. So that's one of my, that's why I'm wearing their stuff tonight. That's since perfect. they just, Morgan had her knee surgery, uh, oh boy, about a year ago, and mm-hmm. then Pollock just had his recently, so they're now Literally hashtag team new knees. It wasn't yeah. 24 yeah. hours ago yeah. as of this yeah. recording, yeah. actually, so. Yeah. Uh, and it sounds like he's doing pretty good with that. Yeah, he's doing. He was texting me today about Batman versus Superman, so he's doing all right. Oh, good. He's, he's so <laughs> that timely topic. Back yeah. to normal. It... Yeah, he's back to normal. He was watching the extended cut and was like, "This is so good." And I was like, "All right, he's definitely on pain pills." Uh... <laughs> wow, good wow. shit he's on. I guess. Yeah. So, so um, Marcus, I, I think messaged me probably about a month ago and said, "Hey, we should do an our intergender panel again." And I'm like, "I don't know if enough has happened." Yeah. Since we've talked in I September. Think I was just bored. You're just you're just like I want to do something. Yeah, <laughs> let's like, do it right now. Yeah, like why not? Like we can get together. Like what else are we doing? And then <laughs> right. and then like actual things happened. Yeah, um, <laughs> like quickly, very quickly, very quickly, honestly, and yeah. uh, very quickly, and 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 on like probably the biggest stage at this time of the year with the Royal Rumble in front of fifty thousand people. Of course, uh, you know the big news. If you haven't heard, uh, you know uh, Nia Jax involved in the in the men's Royal Rumble. Um, plus a, a whole lot of other stuff happened on the show, but that's the big one there where she mixed it up with our truth, taking him out. 
um, and uh, got in a match and, and uh, did some stuff with, uh, uh, I believe, Mustafa Ali, Randy Orton, and Rey Mysterio, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, And that just lit the internet on fire as far as the discussion around intergender wrestling. And I get this is the perfect time to bring everybody back because, you know, I, I literally a week before on a mayhem show or somewhere, somebody like pointed, it's like, do you think WWE would do intergender anytime soon? I said, absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. And th- this just changed the whole game for it. I think we were all in that boat. Like, of yeah. like a WWE Vince isn't going to do it. There's no way Vince would do it on his shows. And I even like talked about last night. That was like, well, Hunter and might on like a NXT, like uh house shows or something. They yeah. might creep level. it in. They might, yeah. it's, this just test those waters, and then all of a sudden Vince was just like, "Oh, we're just doing this at the Royal Rumble, like in the in, end of the night, yeah. the biggest moment of the night." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it, I, I don't, I didn't see that coming, like at all. There had been rumors going around of, "Oh, uh, I should read rumors." I know, right? Like uh, two or three people came up. He's like, "Oh, this is what I read that Becky is going to lose that that title match, and then come in and like." Take out somebody, take out our truth, yeah, of course, and win the men's rumble to get her title shot against Ronda. Okay, and which would make like, no sense. Make no <laughs> yeah. sense. No. That would not. be awful because you can't win like the Royal Rumble, like the men's Royal Rumble, and challenge for like any title. Well, that was what Nia was trying to do. I was it, was it, or was I, she just kind of like, I'll go for the heavyweight title. Let me just yeah. I mean, out of any of the women on the roster that could get away with holding a heavyweight title, true. Yeah, you're right. Like, I don't know if that was a point, but like, if uh, Seth Rollins can't, like, I guess he could go like, all right, well, I won the Royal Rumble. I want to face the NXT UK champion. Like, that's not like that's not the purpose of the Royal Rumble, right? So, like, you couldn't win like the men's Royal Rumble and then face like any chance. So, I don't know, like. How would Becky win the men's role and then face a woman? That doesn't really like. Either way, but we, here's the thing: it doesn't make any sense that you can just beat someone up and take their spot in the Royal Rumble. Either. Right, right. No. That doesn't make any sense. Wrestling makes no sense. No, I don't like that. But also, uh, yeah, uh, like my big complaint was like, you have so many surprises. Why would she need to beat someone up? Mm-hmm. I guess just to be thirty. Yeah. Did yes. this did this come about because our truth wasn't a good number thirty because the mix match challenge got blown up so bad? Yes, yeah, I, I think it's because he would just be so lackluster. Yeah, <laughs> so lackluster. Because like, does anyone like? Because the I followed a little bit of the mix match challenge like here or there, like because I don't. It's not good. <laughs> All right, I don't want well, to. I mean, well, like I every, watch enough. To know every major good. team got mixed up for you yeah. Know, for like, everyone got hurt or like stuff happened yeah. or. Well, it was just a bad year for it, I think. Yeah. Well, it wasn't even a year later. It was like like three months later they that they did instantly this. Instantly later, like instantly after. And and it was a whole new format that took like twice as long. Mm-hmm. It was like this round robin robin format. I, I didn't even I didn't even stick with it to see how how it went. Yeah. But I you know more I heard about like you know the changing up the teams for one reason or another. Plus, it was going to finish on a pay per view, so you knew anybody involved that involved with anything else was probably not going to get in the finals like it kind of wrote itself into a corner yeah right so but it was still it's still been something interesting that's been you know at least the first one i thought was a good you know yeah mixing up of you know and they do a little bit of intergender in them yeah it's usually like they have moments like just a baby face woman will like drop kick a dude and that's like about mm-hmm. it like, yeah like small little ones here but that's that's the pop of the match anytime it happens yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's true it, it is 
But the biggest thing about the what made the Nia Jax thing so big was that there were like a full contact. There was full contact, Mm -hmm. like dudes hitting her back. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just like, uh, honestly, if she just went in and there was no full contact, like it wasn't like a punch for punch, she took a move thing, I'd be pissed. I'd be so mad because Mm -hmm. I'd be like, you literally just like, it would just be exactly what they've always done. Mm-hmm. And bearing yeah. uh, Naya. That, but like, just giving the concept of like, oh, this will get the pop, but we're not gonna, we're not gonna act yeah. like a woman can actually hang here. Mm-hmm. From those days, like, Nata- wasn't like when Natalia was in it, or was it Beth? Beth. Beth. When Beth was in it, and did she get like eliminated by like making out with Kali or something? Yes. She, is she eliminating <laughs> so like, Kali? Wrong? Yeah. I'm yeah. my memory. By like making out yeah. with them. Blanked Just... that out. Correct. Yeah, so from what I can rem- can tell, uh, Nia Jax's performance at the Royal Rumble was basically mimicked the same pattern that they've done with every woman that they've put in the in the men's Rumble. Well, you know, mm-hmm. back then it was just Rumble because they only had the women's Rumble recently. So, yeah, um, uh, yeah so like they come in, they eliminate one man yeah. through whatever means necessary, I suppose, <laughs> and then uh, they are quickly eliminated themselves. Yeah. Um, but the difference with Naya is that she actually did receive a much more contact Yo, than yeah. exactly than, like the other yeah. women, even even like China when she was in it. Yeah. She took everyone's. She took like multiple finishers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that... she took Dolph super kick, yeah. RKO, and a six one nine. Yeah. There's that moment her and like Randy Orton are like staring off, and like. You get the vibe of the crowd is like, like they're just like, just RKO, just I want you they to do it. They were so I want excited. You to do it, like I want you to RKO her right now. Like it's <laughs> like that, like um, you, like you know that vibe you get in a crowd when like Steve Austin's out there and people are like, I just, I just want to see a stunner, like just yeah. like anyone. I just want to see him flip him off and yeah, stun like him. anyone. And like you got that vibe, like everyone in the crowd wanted yeah. it really bad. And then they didn't do it, and I was like, "Oh, like they're mm-hmm. not gonna RKO her." And then it was like, "Bing bang!" It was like, awesome. It was, like it was perfect. It was planned perfect because you're right. There was that moment where we were all sitting there, like, "They're really just gonna have it not like they're really just yeah. gonna." I thought she was gonna set up the 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 six one nine. She was gonna try and hit Ray, and Ray with low bridge, and she go exactly. Mm-hmm. I thought it was gonna be something like that, yeah. but something wasted. Exactly. Yeah. They were just gonna like throw it away. But you're right. It went down and then brought you right back up. Yep. And the thing is that I think makes it so incredible is that between the crowd and like the internet hysteria afterwards, everything's been so positive mm-hmm. and so excited about it. Like, uh, it's been such a positive and incredible like response to having a woman go punch for punch and go full contact in a Royal Rumble with men, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Well, it's just that thing that I think some independent promotions or just anyone not convinced by it, like, if the Fed is doing it, like, what more of a green light do you need? Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, like, it, and especially if that's the vibe you got from the crowd, it's, like, almost like the crowd wanted intergender wrestling. And, and it sure. made sense. Like, again, you sent the biggest woman in there, you know, and she not only held her own, but she sold – like she didn't. It's not like she no sold or she. You know what I mean? Anything like that. So once again, it's like what what more, what more do you need to say? Right. Like this is what your crowd is ready for. Like you you any market needs something fresh. You cannot keep 
churning out the same material and expect to keep your audience, you know, it's, it's why I quit Walking Dead, like, <laughs> into season three. I'm like, oh, Carl's missing. Okay, we're doing this again. You can only do the same thing with the same people. Still so 30 seconds times. of yeah. good zombie footage. Okay, I'm out. Like, do you know what I mean? Ooh. Like, you have to do something different. So mm -hmm. it's just, I, I just hope that other people who are very anti putting it on their show it's like oh okay maybe we do have a market right it's not just hitting away on like extended cable on lucha underground anymore right yeah yeah you know where they're doing things and you know you know brian cage you know in intergender matches is you know and then like maybe someone finds it on the internet yeah yeah, yeah. or you know the inter bar shows bar stuff, shows yeah, you know. yeah. Uh, um, what's it called jordan grace tore up the house on uh all in yes and that in. was yeah. on television on WGN. That was because yeah. it was uh, during the pre-show. Yeah, that was the during the battle royale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, it, it's boggling to me, and that was also on a show that ended up, you know, being streamed and like, you know, signed off on by Ring of Honor, and mm -hmm. uh, like as someone who really supports intergender wrestling and who you know watches Ring of Honor really faithfully and covers it, um, as both like a fan and as you know just in general, I, it's maddening to me that. WWE has more faith in its audience to accept intergender wrestling than Ring of Honor has faith in its audience to accept it. Yeah. Considering that like they, crazy. they both have like conservative backers. So I was gonna say, is that more Sinclair or is that more Ring of Honor, do you think? I mean well, it's someone who oh, like, covers but, it more. But McMahon, Sinclair, Potato, Potato, like Yeah, mm -hmm. I feel like Vince is more like Vince is very conservative, don't get me wrong, but I think Vince will do anything for a buck where I don't think Sinclair is like as carny. I also don't think that Sinclair is paying as close of attention okay. as McMahon is paying attention to I would agree with his that. product. I would the agree thing that might have even sold McMahon is they might have opened up with, so we're going to have Naya take three yeah. finishers, like yeah. anything to bury Naya. They're probably like, oh, Jesus, I can't sign this fast <laughs> enough. Like, I think and Naya's been Triple H's like project for mm -hmm. a long, long time. Um, she needs to own her size. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not saying like all of that is... Um, on Naya. Like work rate wide or sir? Just like even like going in the rumble, it's like you're bigger than most of these dudes. Like she, that, that's why I right. watch her so closely and I, I try to almost like learn from her a lot just, mm -hmm. just for the fact that she's obviously on like the Fed and, and she's obviously on TV and, and making way more money than I am. But like you're bigger than some of these dudes. Like there is no reason you should even like, like cower or just like even just like in her walk. Like you can yeah. totally see, um, yeah, I would say, like, I don't, when I can't believe in Nia Jax because Nia doesn't believe in herself. Like I That's a really see, good way to put it, I actually. I can see she doesn't believe she's that character. Like, if you took Tamina's confidence and put it in Nia, she'd be a complete wrestler. Oh, she'd be, she'd be unstoppable. She yeah. also needs to, I don't know if she's letting someone else make her gear, but Jesus Christ, give Nia a flattering Mm -hmm. gear just once oh that's God. been a problem for just a while. once yeah. i my girlfriend was watching with me and she was like that blue gear does not look good no. and i was like i don't want to say anything i feel like they, I, don't I don't know if they do it on purpose i don't know if the seamstress or whoever she's going through like does not know like how to but like she's a model and like mm -hmm. any other full photo you see of her like when she dresses herself mm -hmm. she looks half if not less the size mm -hmm. than when she's in wrestling gear and and coming from someone who's bigger and has to wear has to like that's one of my biggest challenges was like finding gear that was like flattering and also mm -hmm. like good it like worked in the ring 
is like, I understand how tricky it is. And if you don't have someone that's good at it, like I've seen girls say like, oh yeah, I paid $300 for this. And it's basically like a too small swimsuit with some straps on it. And I'm like, oh girl, like, so, so it's just, it's little things like that too. Like, I don't know if that's playing part of it. Like she maybe doesn't have as much say in like her look or what, like she shouldn't even come out to like that cute song. I'm not a nose girl. Shut up. So, not, oh man, I keep that's our sa- market. I keep saying it sounds that's like uh, I'm not a lobster. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> and that'll ruin it for everybody out there. Uh, we got I've some, ruined it for everyone. We do every time I hear, I hear I'm not a lobster. Some comments from the chat room here. Uh, Dave Potter, I'll shout out his Tiny Shutter podcast while he's in here. Uh, it says, on a serious note, uh, is one of the biggest uh, shocks that WWE actually pulled it off, especially, or is that they pulled it off, especially with how they are handling people like uh, Mandy and Alexa on other shows? Uh, yeah, I don't know what the goal they, they, is. Emily, I think you shuddered over there, over that one. They have, <laughs> they have so many people. They have so many women wrestlers who are amazing at intergender wrestling. Yeah. And they are so badly mistreating them mm-hmm. in the storylines that they have put them in and have completely like lost the plot on so many of these women that they've put in NXT and elsewhere that have this know-how that could do these matches and they even have storylines that they could work them into. One of the most frustrating things is that now, full disclosure, I don't follow WWE closely. I don't watch any of it. I don't subscribe to the network. I don't, I just, it's, I don't do it. Um, But I do keep track because just like everybody else who's on wrestling social media, like everyone else does. Um, But so just this past year with like everything that was happening with Gargano and Ciampa and in NXT and having Candice right there in the midst of it and not that that, that moment where we thought we were going to see Ciampa and like Candice, like, like, is this happening? Right. Same. No. But no, so it is incredible to me that they actually did commit to a moment, yeah. a big moment for mm. intergender wrestling, but it is a little frustrating that it was that moment. And it's like yeah. two weeks after we felt like WWE thought they were in the Attitude Era with, with and again, with Alexa and, and Mandy doing these like half-naked like scenes in the back, right? Yeah. right? For why? Yeah, and right? I, did, like, like, I have a joke like, uh, and this sounds like it's such a terrible thing to say, but it's like, you know, sometimes you want to say, like, congratulations, women. You now reach the quality of you're also going to get lost in completely stupid storylines that have, not, like, no point, as a lot of dudes have yeah. for, like, yeah. so many years. True equality in WWE means everyone gets screwed. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> like, right. everyone has no idea what to do with you whatsoever. Was, yeah, like, was, they don't have any idea what to do with Alexa Bliss. They also have no idea what to do with Dean Ambrose. And unfortunately, like, that kind of goes to, <laughs> like, the, this, you know, they go to what they know, which is that which old is, kind of yeah, idea. Yeah, and, like... And I don't know who's in the writer's room anymore because they switch so often of, like, who's really writing this product. And, like, you also have to understand, like, it's such a different product where, like, NXT, these guys work it all out so ahead of time because they do these uh, tapings over, like, you know, a couple hours, like a month's taping over a yeah. couple hours yeah. where, like, you could work all week as a WWE writer for a fantastic Mandy Rose storyline, and then you get there, and Vince just goes like, "I don't like it. Come up with something else in the next fifteen minutes." And it's like, "Uh, she the wants hotel room? Jimmy Uso. Like, I, what else do I got? I got nothing here. I got to come up with an idea in fifteen minutes. We're on live in two hours. Like, we mm-hmm. got to figure this out." And so, like, I think that's also the product problem is like the other wrestling because of how they tape. There's an ability to really plan out your stories, and then with. We're on SmackDown, like, like I said, you come in and just if Vince doesn't like your idea, like scrapped, come to something else, but they have to be mm-hmm. on the show, figure it out now. 
I think that is also like a huge problem for women and men on the product, uh, but specifically for Mandy Rose. They have no idea what they're doing with her. BC Steel's pointing out here, and I think I feel like this is something we discussed on, la- on the last one. A uh, huge problem of mainstream wrestling is having a team of writers, uh, male ri- writing for women. And, yeah. and again, like there needs to be women writers for women's storylines, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Like, hey, yeah. there was a women's director for Wonder Woman, yeah. and look how well that worked. Yeah, Patty Jenkins is very... Like, we're guilty of that, even I'll admit it at Rise, that we don't have a woman on creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, creative is, like, 99.9% of it is is me and Shirley Doe. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, and it's just the two of us pretty much doing everything. So, like, I have... Like, we've tried really hard for... And I have two women that I book here, and they're going to say nice things because I'm their boss. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> But, like, I try very, very hard when we write our storylines for women to at least get, like, at least some sort of input or at least try to, like, what do you, like, especially because like, you and London just had a pretty good story. Yeah, like, absolutely. But we just booked it like like we would have, like, any other story we tried yeah, on the show. Yeah, I didn't, there was no point in me and London where I felt like it was any different because we were women. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. which I think is a thing on a lot of shows where it's, like, Here's the designated women's wrestling match. Mm-hmm. But with that's the thing I loved about that storyline was that it didn't feel like there was any sort of like, for lack of a better term, any sort of like feminine yeah. quality to the storyline. It was just people that really didn't fucking like each other. Yeah. And What's it like having a singles women's match at Rise, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> you've been you've been uh, don't yell at me you just said that booking is 99.9 percent hey, well, and got... there's two people so yeah. you have right. a lot of pull I'm just i saying. do have a lot of pull it's okay i know you're scared no Sorry. it's not scared you just got to make cool. some dates um could I, ha- I ask a question on that though yeah. what benefits would there be to like adding a like a female creative voice to the situation you have now. And I actually more addressing that towards Jinx and Badger. So, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Um, it's hard to say because I think it also depends on uh, the woman. Mm-hmm. And I think it's even, it would be, I think, a whole different story to have a female uh, booking in someone like WWE or like Ring of Honor I think that Ring of Honor would really benefit from having a woman helping write with them. But um, I think that a more higher up company, it's a little different where in indie wrestling, I just like, it's really hard for me to think of a woman that could make like a difference on a creative team. You know, I think and if it was a company like Rise or IWC, anything mm-hmm. like that, it's like... It's a little bit harder to think of. Like, I think it's tricky because there's no real, um, and hopefully no one gets mad, but there's no veteran talent that's consistently in yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think no. that's your trick is you you have a lot of great veteran women who have done amazing things, but they're constantly just basically climbing the ladder mm-hmm. to the next goal, mm-hmm. and they don't just now, it, hopefully in you know future years, um, we do have some people who just decide to stay home. And this is for anywhere. This could be Ohio. This could mm-hmm. be in the South. This could be, you know, California, Chicago, wherever. Um, may, hopefully 
promoters or companies are just smart enough to say, hey, I know you're not really doing the wrestling thing, mm. but help us. Yeah. no one really retires yeah. from wrestling. Or if they actually do, it's like, okay, cool. Let's take all of your experience and all of like, you know, your personal feelings and use it to our benefit. And this is something that, you know, and, and, you know, again, I don't think there's been a time, let's say the last five, 10 years where there's been as many, can we say viable women's talent out there to yeah. do this? Like that there is rise with an eye and shimmer exactly. that's 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 helping with this. So maybe it's in another five, ten years, yeah. some exactly. of that talent sticks around in on the home base and does get to do something. There's kind a of level thing. of, especially locally, that there was so few women's talent breaking through, mm-hmm. and that has so much to do with the training schools, so much to do with the booking of women in general in that era that um, you really had to stick through a lot of nonsense to get anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even if you did break through, there was two types of women, which are the manager sometimes would have a match type of woman. Um, and one of my, like Morgan's one of my good friends is why I'm wearing her shirt. She did a lot of like intergender here or there, but mm-hmm. also like you manage the show and you don't have to do that. And like she dealt with a lot of crap in her wrestling career to try and get to a level where she was considered serious. And then you had a lot of women like, um, we'll use like out of Ohio or Ohio PA. Like recently you look at like Britt Baker and Ray Lynn who have broken out and have been very, very good women's wrestlers. But because there's like not as much national, like they get snatched. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, Ray Lynn is in Japan and she's wrestling and in all over the place. Just debuted on, on, on WOW on, on Access. Stuff. Yeah. So Ray Lynn's going to get picked yeah. out of this area and Ray yeah. Lynn's going to go on to mm-hmm. something. Now, if Ray Lynn comes back to this area after all that's done, that's different. Like for our company, if I had a local Lufisto, she'd be on creative. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. You know, like mm-hmm. that's a woman who's been around and knows and knows not just like there's a difference between knowing knowing wrestling and and knowing how to uh, book wrestling and be creative and she really knows her stuff she's very very good so if we had like if i had someone around that way and this isn't a disrespect like the most of the female talent in pittsburgh right now is very very young they're probably within like five years or less uh, uh, around the area and that it's just a different mentality as well of like okay like even like, let's say, and I'm for example, like two women here, if they were both like, Hey, we want to do something like this, you know, we're considered like interested in booking. There's a level of commitment of time as well to one promotion. Mm-hmm. And they're still young enough in their careers and they still want to do enough stuff that the seminars where you're going out to Chicago or you're trying to make dates in uh, Ohio or New York or those types of places don't give you the, the ability to really commit to, okay, this is the thing I'm doing because like, from someone who was managing, which I wasn't taking a ton of dates, but then when I took over creative, like this is all I do now. Like mm-hmm. I don't have time for anything else. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a hundred percent committed to this at all times. So like, it's harder when you're younger in your career to really devote to creative and devote to storytelling and something like that. You have to have, that's when you do have to have people do it for you, especially in independent wrestling, because it is so like, you have to go around so much. Yeah. So I think like you were saying, if we had like, a Lufisto in the air or something like that. But I thinking about women's wrestling as a whole, I feel like in these years is where we'll really see the founding fathers of mm-hmm. women's wrestling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that we'll be able to look at and be like, this is who we go to for 
advice. You're yeah. talking about locally or on the indie scene? I think locally. All, thing, yeah. all around, but also yeah. locally. You, yeah. You're saying everybody's going to find their kind of founding people. Yeah. Like, Every area, like the the, the the person that's gonna be the like you know twenty year vet, ten year vet later down is helping out by us like a Shirley Doe or something. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think that yeah. will become more female. Like yeah. a lot of familiar names are gonna start popping up. I think as like seminar yeah. people. Like I, I I could easily see Raylan hosting a seminar yeah. in mm-hmm. ten. 15 years, you know, Britt Baker, Tessa Blanchard, yeah. know, people, people like that right now that are hitting kind of like, I don't even want to say their peak because yeah. with wrestling, it's so weird. Like you could think like, you could think you're, you're on a downspin and then it just comes right back up yeah. out of nowhere with, with opportunities. There's that, you know, well, all like, of a sudden you're not human. Yeah. yeah. Like I know like, uh, by, by the way, what's up PCO? I see you like in our tweets. Uh, That's my dad. I know locally, um, <laughs> Like Kimberly is starting to do more of that type of stuff. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. the, she's in yeah. a she's in like the Dayton area now, so and, she's starting she's to pick somebody up who's been stuff. there and has been yeah. around. Exactly. So Gone that everywhere. Makes a lot yeah. Of sense. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the only benefit too of like um, the performance center and with um, mm-hmm. the uh, May Young Classic starting to pick up more local talent is if they're mm-hmm. smart, they're they're taking notes from beginning to end of like okay, here's what they want, here's yeah. what they're looking for. Like one thing that kind of shocked me is. Um, so uh lady frost mm-hmm. obviously had a performance center tryout and um i didn't even it was just such a crazy day at the show and i didn't even have time to like sit down with her but i was like i know you're sick of probably hearing this but i i kind of want to know like what what was the tryout like like what did you what did they say what did they hear and she's like you know you're actually one of the first people to ask me that and this was like weeks after she got Jeez. back oh. and i was just kind of like shocked cuz i i don't know if i knew somebody who like i and i tend to not want to ask because I don't want to I don't know I just I just don't want to be like oh give me all the secrets so you know what I mean or whatever Mm -hmm. like I want to earn it too but to me it's just like if you had somebody like when I did my first rise with an eye seminar I like was first of all I was the only person taking notes so I felt like a nerd but I had pages and pages of notes Mm -hmm. and I remember like the first rise with a Y practice that I came to, I was like, this is what they taught us and everything. Like, all I wanted to do was be like, even for the guys, like, mm-hmm. take it. And like, just asking opinions too. Like, okay, this is what they taught us. Like, what do you guys think? Yeah. Like, what's your opinion? Do you know what I mean? So it was really shocking that like, when I just heard that from her, like, wow, like nobody's like sat down and be like, how, like, how did your journey get from A to B? And then like, what was it like on C on your way home? Yeah. You know and, I mean? and she's like kind of a weird situation because she is still young in her career. Oh, super young. To yeah, get that yeah. opportunity. Good for right? her. I mean, she's, I mean? This, this is the one that, that, that has had, uh, um, uh, if people don't remember, we, we've had her on the show talking about the experience. Uh, she Basically, her debut in-ring match was against Asuka on yeah. Monday Night Raw in Cleveland uh, nearly a year ago. Yeah. So and not fully trained. No, no not no. fully trained at the time. And, uh, you know, had her, I think, debut match, like, what, two months later at Rise, maybe? Yeah. Something like so, that. Well, something like that. Yeah. And, yeah. and and she's been, you know, massively improved since then, but uh, but but still, you know, yeah, taking was, advantage of that opportunity. Yeah, and it's weird. That's, that's like, wrestling is not a meritocracy in any sort of way. What's that word mean? Uh, it's not based on how good you are. Oh, not at all. Uh, you do, So, like, wrestling is a casting call. Mm-hmm. And it's the right look at the right time mm-hmm. for the right thing. And and that's not to, to, to diminish people's success in any sort of way. But there is... The thing I always talk about, and this we're off topic a little bit, but this does play into, like, especially for women, where it's, it's so tough to break in right now. If you can give me a reason why... 
uh, big time Bill Collier never got the call from WWE, but James Ellsworth did. Yeah. Please explain that to me. Oh my God. Wrestling is not a meritocracy. Yeah. It's casting call. It's the right person. It's the right it's, fit. It's at the right time. why. Why is Eva Marie mm-hmm. had as much as she did, but Kimberly yeah. got you know seemingly. Well, there's reasons for that, and I won't get into it on air. Of course. Uh, but and uh, then just like when they were doing the yeah. latest season of Tough Enough, and yeah. I remember like someone came back and they were like, "Oh yeah, they're not looking for yeah. wrestlers. They want like bodybuilders, mm-hmm. or they want like TV people." And I'm like, "What? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense." Like yeah. you're basically saying I can take anybody and turn them into a professional wrestler, and like yeah. no offense, but I do not find that. That's been true. the playbook for years. Been, for but that I, I know, I, I know. Like I, yeah. I get that. I, I'm not that fact is not lost on me. But you yeah. would think like, okay, your your market is so good. Like why are you wasting time with mm-hmm. someone who's like not like not in a connecting with the fans or like mm-hmm. just I don't know. I don't think the same passion is going to be behind there. Like yeah, there's a nice paycheck, and some people do run on that. Mm-hmm. But, it's but like, yeah. at the same time, it's like, I just don't, I just don't think you're going to have the same quality. Yeah. yeah. No. And they don't as much. Cause like the ones they do hit on are like Big E, mm-hmm. and you go like, how did they hit on Big E? But they did, you know? So it's, it's yeah, he's tough. a bodybuilder, right? Yeah. 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 Like but again, there's other, there's other components and this will kind of uh, circle it back. It's like Big E also is obviously very charismatic. Like mm-hmm. he's also very entertaining. So mm-hmm. that's the other thing of like, I get that you do need those pieces, but at the same time, I feel like you can you can teach that more so than I don't know. To me, well, it's like you you kind of need somebody. It's it's no different than like how people get burned yeah. when it's like you've been with a company since you know and, ground, like stage one, and then you see someone get hired off the street with like half the half the resume or whatever you want to call it. So weird, I guess it, it it it's the same thing. Here's but. a weird question for for women's wrestlers, and I I don't know the answer is how many of the women that did the the famous diva search that was just all models mm-hmm. actually followed through with it long term. You look at you look at like one of them like and I'll give an example is Marie Canellis uh-huh. who yeah. was a diva search contestant mm-hmm. and oh, then right. she got in some hot water at WWE mm-hmm. and then went on her way to Ring of Honor and Maria was at every Ring of Honor camp mm-hmm. every single one. She, she showed actually up. wanted to. Um, yeah. She wanted it. We We also just recently had in here Rosa Mendez, mm-hmm. who, and she was attending the Ring of Honor camps and trying to get back in because she was somebody that did the diva search. She was a glamour model, and you can listen to that on the Indie Mayhem show uh, feed here uh, from a few weeks ago. Uh, she was a glamour model in Las Vegas, got the call to do diva search, did it, and then bugged them to like well, no i, I want to do this no seriously where, where do i do next you know you know bugging john laranitis and 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 she says to the point where she dropped in me i was like listen i'll i'll go down to louisville and live out of my car and that's when she got the response and you know because you think of her as the diva search you know model that they talk yeah. to wrestle probably on the road right is, mm-hmm. is the perception you know but they're in louisville doing the shows setting up the rings and doing all the stuff before they get in there but then she was a manager and never got to do it until in you know now wanting to do it and get back into it yeah, yeah now i don't know how because like were the bellas a diva search i don't know if anyone remember no they were trained well, were I, they? well they, they were trained because they debuted one yeah and 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 <laughs> now so <laughs> i yeah i don't know how many women came out of that but i mean it was a shotgun approach to yeah talent. oh yeah but i think it, you get maria canales out of it it's not a like 
That's crazy. It, well, uh, Trish Stratus was a model first, right? Yeah, and, and it was, again, model. it's kind of like the the hey, we'll bring in the athletes, like we'll bring in the models, and yeah. we'll kind of fit Finley and work on them. See what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it feels like see what sticks. But it's such a weird time for them to be doing that right now because like I just saw mm-hmm. like a couple weeks back that they put out like an announcement that they were going to do another one of those yeah, like which pseudo like diva diva s searches that wasn't called a diva search obviously, obviously now, but. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you are buying as uh, buying up as much talent on the indies as you can. You are making offers so to you know all of the highest level independent companies to their rosters. You are you're buying up as much like of the highest profile women's talent you can, and you're also going to do this. That's mm-hmm. uh, no, that makes while no you also have a really deep bench that you are not utilizing. Are they head, are they heading towards a women's product? What do uh, you think? Like, like a two hundred five style. Happening. That, I think it's happening. That's likely. I, I, I can see I that. I can see that in the next couple of years. Um, just some yeah. clar- clarifications from Clarification. the chat room. Thank you, Bobby and uh, Riz out there. Layla was a Diva Search contestant. They were talking about in the chat. Uh, the Bellas were, were definitely uh, Diva Search contestants. Also, Maurice. Because Maurice was Maurice actually... Was. Oh, Ro- yeah. Rosa talks about coming up with Maurice because yeah. Maurice went to train at the same time I she Michelle was. Michelle McCool was. I love Maurice. Mm-hmm. Oh, Michelle yeah. McCool, I think, was. Mm-hmm. Michelle McCool was. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there's a few, like... And there's... Uh, Christy Hemi, obviously, is one of the famous ones. And then, like... I don't know... I, I don't know much about Christie's career, like post WWE, because I know she did Impact for a while, but I don't think she wrestled, did she? She just did interviews down there, mostly so, announcing. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. But there's like there's a few gems out of that that of women that were, hey, you're a model that fell in love with the business and yeah. like, mm-hmm. did something out of it. You know, Michelle McCool, like I mean, she had a full run as women's champion for a long time, like she long time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like. Obviously married the Undertaker, which is crazy. Still, so weird. Still, crazy. still makes me uncomfortable. Oh, not Good me. Good for him. Good for her. Um, that's anyway. another podcast. Anyway, um, here's my question then to M here. Do you think what's going to take for Ray Warner to do it to go to Intergender? That's a really good question. Um, so recently they have they it hasn't debuted on TV yet, but it's been all but given out um, on television that they have debuted a new faction Mm -hmm. and there is a woman in the faction, which is like the kind of the first time in that I can tell that they've ever had like a stable type system. That's the Kelly Klein one. No, this, uh, no, Kelly Klein's got her own. It's like team Klein. It's her like team. Okay. It's not really a a bunch of independent wrestlers that she berates. Oh, so they don't wrestle with her. Oh, so they're like, like her boys or her sing brothers. Yeah. It's a, it's and they rotate them, don't they? Yeah. It's like different people everywhere. Yeah. So it's literally the boys. Yeah. Yeah. It's they call it Camp Klein, which you know I un- understand as an MMA term, but yeah. to me, if you're gonna call something a camp, they you better be trailed by like a bunch of malevolent twelve year old girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it does feel very uh sweet your shorts. Oh my god, it'd be so great. So much better. I no, nothing against Kelly Klein. I really oh, like she what should she's have been a Girl doing. Scout yeah. cookie flavor. I thought she yeah. was gonna be the one that would do it first. Um and and right now, like literally right like in the last day or two, there's been a fun exchange between her and Dalton Castle about okay. like a hair versus hair match. But yeah. like they'll never do it. They won't do it, at least not right now. But OK, so there's a faction, a new faction headed up by Juice Robinson, and it has Tennille Dashwood in it. Okay. Oh, and yeah. That's, right. mm-hmm. that's a lot. Apparently it was a decision on someone on the creative and they were able to talk it into talk talk it up to everyone else but like it got booked and i feel like that's a step in the direction mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i wouldn't be shocked to see it see an intergender moment in the next year especially oh, now sure. that wwe has done it yeah. for mm-hmm. the royal rumble and there is like there's always gonna be a little bit of competitive streak when it comes to the booking for roh mm-hmm. 
but I think it's gonna it's gonna take pushing. It's gonna take fan response, and it's also I think it's gonna take you know some of the people who are working behind the scenes there to like commit to to making it happen. And you see, they they have been on TV as this group. Um, they have been according to the, the chat is confirming that yeah. They have been. So the episode hasn't aired yet. I think it's gonna be coming this week. I, okay. Um, but it has been. Basically, it, it's been shared on social media. It was their last tour, their last set of tour shows. The, the faction was intact, and uh, Tenille's mm-hmm. on commentary because she's still out on injury. Okay, but she's in the she's in the faction. Her and mm-hmm. four dudes. Is it like? Do you think it's more of a situation that's going to happen on pay per view, but never on TV? It will definitely happen in an honor club event, or possibly a pay per view. Yeah. Probably more like a probably kind of what you were talking about with the like house shows. Yeah, yeah. it'll probably happen on a tour show, and then. On a pay per view, and maybe eventually on the TV. Yeah, because I guess remember, like these shows show up on your local network, where yeah. they will get phone calls from grandma that's yeah. that's tuning into it. I at just don't five think o'clock on a Saturday. I think Sinclair. Ugh, would I'm over that. Out. I so. think based on what I've seen in episodes, like things that get blurred, etc., mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they had a yeah. little bit of an issue with it. But I definitely see the opening for honor club to be able to like stream yeah. these events yeah. since they're streaming these events to such a wider audience for them to be able to do intergender moments on those shows at least i really thought when they had brought kelly in and kelly was doing her like run mm-hmm. um especially like her undefeated run i was like this has to be a thing that like like there's no real payoff to this otherwise and and like I remember and when there it, wasn't and there was like because I remember Kelly and I had talked about her coming in and I was like would you do an intergender like this is when she was still like doing the undefeated streak yeah and and she was like maybe like I'd have to get that approved because I'm on, like Kelly was real protective of her character during that time because mm-hmm. she wasn't losing it was like when you booked Kelly like she couldn't lose at all like and it had to be like not like a Kelly doesn't lose, but it was a counter. It'd be like, Kelly beats them and taps them out. Like, yeah. that's the story. That's what you book. That's what has to happen. And I was like, oof. Like, we could, we talked briefly about it. And then, like, as all things with Kelly and I go, like, she gets very busy and goes to, like, Japan. And I don't talk to her for a while. But I thought she was going to be the one that would break it. Like, when they brought her in, it was like, oh, no, this girl's bad. And she's going to kill everyone. Yeah. And, and then they didn't really do it. And she is one of a couple women who are on their Women of Honor roster who can hold their own in an intergender match. I have every reason mm-hmm. to believe that. And so it's a question of like who in their male roster is like, you know, would be willing to do that. And I think that they have lot. the talent. I think they have a lot of men that would be like, fuck yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Um, my question and my thought process in that is like now we've seen intergender moments. Yeah. Right? And we're thinking like, okay, there will be intergender moments. When do we think that there will be a Ring of Honor WWE NXT Impact intergender match? Not like in a tag match, like, like only on when, like when is there going to be like a man versus a woman match? With the Money in the Bank, that's any title, isn't it? The briefcase. Mm, it's generally accepted that it's going to be like the main titles. Oh, like okay. no one's ever cashed in for an IC title or anything like that. I don't know. That might be a way to do it is have the women's and then have someone like Becky or even Nia mm-hmm. and then be like, no, this is the title I want. And then yeah. you could have a like if they got, if they have some of kind it. of beef, like how we're getting this kind of Dean Ambrose, Nia Jax thing mm-hmm. that's going on right now. Uh, what is, that's kind of kind of they, are they that. paying that? Are they going to pay that off? It's a 
constant the last two weeks they've done like moments with it so maybe that's him on the way out after mania yeah i was gonna say i feel like that makes sense if they're gonna like think about doing it with anyone and they're just like trying to they're not completely sure of it they just want to see if it sticks they're like well we might as well do it with dean ambrose because mm-hmm. he's going anyway mm-hmm. so stupid like if he's there then he's there like always that the safe option do you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. oh we can we can push aside the phone calls that we're gonna get because it's like oh well gone. we just released him Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, or say, oh, we release them because. And how they've already like publicly announced it, so that now, yeah, pretty how, much, like, the general WWE audience now that colors their opinion on what's I, going I on. I would there. think out of anywhere, Impact would be the first place to do it. I'm surprised Impact doesn't was either, because they have Gail um, on their yeah. writers. Yeah. Uh, we were just, just real quick really? circling back. Yeah, um, yeah, Gail's yeah. part of their like um, her. It used. I know Sanjay used to be part of it. He's no longer, I believe. Somewhere. Yeah. He's somewhere else. And then Bill, I'm going to fuck up his last name. Demet or Demont? Bill Demont. Demont. Bill Demont's with them now? Yeah. Well, okay. that makes it less likely. Well, <laughs> Bill Demont's not He's really part of creative. Dude. Maybe it's not, maybe writing yeah. is the right. He's part of creative. Yeah. Bill Demont's mm-hmm. not the most progressive dude out there. I don't you remember know. He, I, I, I enjoyed him. I thought he was. He got fired from NXT for some slurs and things like that that he was oh never yeah. mind fuck off yeah. um <laughs> I, well I mean, that's when matt bloom took over for bill demont because of some controversy we'll say i don't remember everything he said but i remember this. it was not good um well i gotta stop uh i gotta stop not working for places because the promoters are racist but um anyway <laughs> but or i'm gonna that list is gonna get real shorter yeah much shorter but um it's just, uh, I see what you're saying, though, with having needing a, a woman on there, because I always enjoyed, with Impact in general, mm-hmm. their attention to entertainment. Like, they're not afraid to take, like, wacky stories. Like, yeah. um, like someone for I, go- I... For good and bad. <laughs> well, for good and bad, but it's like, you remember those things. Like, I'm never going to forget Matt Hardy talking to a giraffe thinking he's mm-hmm. um, President Washington. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I'm going to remember, um, uh, what was their faction called uh with rosemary crazy steve and abyss what was it called uh oh i know what you're talking about uh, uh, uh dead no no was it dead roster society or something like that no, 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 no but that no, was no, somewhere no. else that was, that was somewhere else that was in that cleveland was, oh yeah that sorry that was a pwl oh <laughs> anyway uh that and like they like in invaded like matt hardy's home and yeah. tried to like abduct like of course it was yes. ridiculous but they still did it like with crazy cameras and mm-hmm. like there was obviously a production value there. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's little things like that, that I'm really surprised like impact has not been more of a competition only because I think their talent mm-hmm. is there, but it's just, they're not afraid to go back to the old school again. Like this is where my, I'm always going to have a soft spot. Like back in the day with like old WWF, like it was, it was like hokey stories and like, okay, yeah, maybe there was like at the time, like underlying messages that we don't want to imply now. But at the same time, it's like, I remember that over, you know, hot girl versus hot girl, hotter girl one, or, you mm-hmm. know, jacked guy versus jacked guy. It's like, that's, it's entertain. There's a reason it's sports entertainment, like mm-hmm. focus on that. Like, of course you want athletes who are going to be able to take it on their body and, you know, just, just all the physical demands and everything. And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to make your product better. But at the same time, it's, you know, same with thing, what, like, even just circling back to the booking thing, like some people, I, I mean, I'm obviously very pro intergender and pro like women's rights, but at the same time, 
if the writing is there, I don't think maybe you don't always need a woman in there, you know, unless you have a situation where it's like, oh, we we need someone to basically be these women's voices. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. But even like with Rise, like I've never been put in a situation at Rise where I'm like, oh, that's not good. I don't want to I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I've never Mm -hmm. felt like a lady wrestler there. No. Yeah. But I, I and it's a presentation. And just to, just to catch up with the chat room here, um, Bradley and uh, Riz uh, said the Decay would be that team. Decay. Decay. That's right. Decay. Yes. Thank you. Everybody's screaming, screaming at their phones right now. <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, go ahead, Marcus. No, I would say like one of the things that we try to do, and I think um, we've tried to make it benefit everyone at our company is uh, like we brought in uh, uh, Pollock as like someone to help out Mm -hmm. uh especially in like with psychology and stuff to give the the women in the company just an extra mind to bounce stuff off of because i think like a lot of times what happens with women's wrestling especially when i was around it so much was uh okay you guys talk about with yourself you guys got it great yeah and would just leave you alone so we've tried to like bring in it doesn't matter if your match is good or not because you're girls yeah so we try to bring in like okay like Here's a here's a dedicated asset, mm-hmm. you know, and and someone that like it, I'm very biased in this opinion because uh, Jack is like my very very good like best friend. I think he's one of the best psychology minds out there. I think he's a great uh, resource of psychology, which is the reason I brought him in. Which is because uh, aging is a completely different mental aspect than anything else. Like I and I do wish I had like I said I wish I had a female voice that could age in. Um, and I think we're going to build that. And I, that's a longer term type of thing yeah. where, you know, the women, and I was thinking about this earlier, the women that should be aging now didn't have the benefit of people that believed in them enough to teach them the psychology and aging. I can't remember who it was. And it's, if it's someone and I don't want to name names, but, uh, Morgan was doing like a spot with, uh, a training one time and she had pitched doing a hair beal. And someone goes, I don't know what a hair beal is. It was another woman. And she's like, how do you not know what a hair beal is? And I go, Morgan, because it's not 1999. Yeah. You're not doing hair beals anymore where you grab a girl by the hair and you throw her. Like, that was yeah. such a, like, Miller-like catfight girl move. Yeah, that was such a divas era. <laughs> like, thing. And, and she's like, oh. And I was like, they don't know that because they weren't trained to do it because that's not how women are trained now. Like, or hopefully they're not. I'm really hoping they're not now that I've said that. Um, because, and the, so like the women that should be in those agency roles, like, especially when I broke in, like the Morgan Rockefellers and Stacey Hunters and Crystal Frost, they got kind of either shoved into a corner of you only get three minutes out there mm-hmm. to do your match. So you don't, ha- you don't need to learn psychology. You don't need to learn to do anything. You have three minutes or they're going to take so much shit in their career that they're just going to leave. Yeah. That's pretty much what it was. You know, that there is now or there's not the um, like just openness. And I think that's another big thing with the, uh, you know, creative side of it. You know, at the same time, it's it it would be great for a woman. But as long as you have people in general in the creative room that are a going to be open to new ideas, but also open within their circle, like the fact it, it makes sense, like why it's probably easy for for you to go with because you have someone like doe yeah do you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like he's not gonna sit there and be like well my idea is better no my idea is better like that that part is also like the ego part of it's gonna come into play which i think is what you see more on 
these higher companies, especially the Fed, um, mm-hmm. whereas like the local, the, you know, indie companies are like, let's just make something entertaining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had, I mean, I'm, I'm very lucky that when I broke in, I had Doe as a mentor to take me aside and teach me psychology and to teach me things. And so what I'm, and I, that's my big point is, you know, the old, like, I don't want to call them older women because they're all like still like they're in their like early thirties. Like that's the worst part about it. They all broke in when they were like 16, 17, they wanted to do this mm-hmm. and they just got put into this grinder of independent wrestling and they got spit out with no psychology training, no real wrestling training, and just being called whores. Yeah. You know? And no matter what your gimmick is that you're a whore. You're a money gr- you're like- you're stealing someone's boyfriend or you're only in this because you sleep with people or you're power hungry bitch. Those are like the characters they got to do and fans would just say that at them and like it it ground ground them down to the point where they either quit wrestling or they didn't want to they just didn't want to do that type of stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't have mentors. They didn't have people that are going to do that. And so it's on, it's my responsibility. It's responsibility of the veterans that are in locker rooms now to teach this to the next generation. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the, that's where it's going to get better is when people like here break to another level, they have that experience and they have that ability and then they can ch- channel it. Like, I know, I, I don't want to say like, but I know like Ray Lynn's been a huge help to you absolutely as yeah. someone who like learned a lot of things and then has been able to teach you a lot of things on the mm-hmm. road to be honest she's probably been my biggest or mainly only women help yeah. like training wise or training wise but um I was gonna say I feel lucky that I'm also in a generation where it is like a woman is equal enough that I don't feel like, like, I feel like I can be like, hey, Jack Pollock, yeah. hey, Chris LaRusso, hey, Mark Mann, what do you think about me doing this? I don't have to be like, where's another woman that can tell me how to put together a woman's match? Yeah. I, I, I feel th- like I can ask anyone. I think because like, you talk about kind of like how all, all these girls are p- pigeonholed back in the day. Like, like you, you guys right here are very specific characters that don't fit that mold. Yeah, like it's one thing that that when I first saw both of you in the first matches, I saw you and it really stuck out to me. It was just like it's it's not you know especially some of the places I may have seen you, it was just like oh here comes the women's match, and then it's just yeah. like oh this is something like there's something to this. They're right? not and, pretty characters, if no. like they're not, and that was something that I really when I was like becoming myself, hmm. I grew into being like I don't want to be a women's wrestler i don't want to wrestle and be like well what's gonna look pretty Mm. i specifically wanted to be like what's gonna be me what's gonna look like me and there's a lot of even today i think in the indie you know there's you know indie guy with trunks that doesn't really have a gimmick right there's a lot of indie girl that can wrestle good you know so rampant among women yeah so rampant among women that think they can i mean i don't think it's just like I mean, there are some women that think this way, but I think it's mainly just like a product of what we've come up in mm-hmm. is that you're like, oh, well, uh, you can just get away with being a girl in cool gear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard that. Like you're pretty. That's that's yeah. all you need. Yeah. Can you do a flip? You're good. Cool. Can you do a hand? You know, can you do a cartwheel? You're fine. Sweet. So, yeah. And, and like, here's a, and I'll circle back to this because I know like Badger and I do jab at each other because we're friends. Uh... But like the thing about the thing about Badger is 
like she mentioned she's a, she, she doesn't have a women's match at Rise, and that wasn't anything specific. It's just because, like, I try to put Badger in a situation that's just like, okay, this is the situation Badger would go into. And some if it just has a million women, like, we did you and Calvin, because I was like, oh, that's the that's the entertaining match. Like, that's the match I want to see. I want to see these two people, like, like merge together. Mm-hmm. And, like, the reason, like, you got in with London was an accident. Like, we didn't book this whole story out with you in London. It was like, we it did was a match. The tag match, and we, the finish was hokey. And the, the finish kind of <laughs> got messed up a little bit. Yeah. And then we were like, well, I guess we got to do another one. And then it was like, well, I guess we're in a story now. Yeah. Like, we're just doing this. And then London and I were like, shit, we beat the fuck out of each other. Let's keep doing it. <laughs> like, so, like, I try to just, like, and this is, you know, there's a level of booking that I still am learning. But, like, when I see Honey Badger as a character, I don't think, oh, Honey Badger is a woman's wrestler. I think Honey Badger is, a, is this character that does things. And so what things are she going to do this show? Or what things yeah. does she work with? Man, yeah, woman, and child. You know? Uh, oh, I'd love to kick a kid's ass. Wouldn't that be the best? But I'll get you a women's match. We'll get that. Yeah, and I'm not, and just real quick, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm really not trying to be a jerk. And, like, no, I, I'm very I know, grateful I know you're not. for the, all the opportunities. It's just. Um, you wouldn't be you if you, we didn't, like, poke at each other. True. Very true. <laughs> don't poke, don't poke the badger. <laughs> But yeah, I don't that's like that's the thing is I don't that like is a shirt. London, I don't see I see London as just London. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And that's I mean, and I'm not trying to like toot a horn here in any sort of way. It's mostly just because like I don't I don't ha- I don't think I have the writing capabilities to give women a voice. Like I'm not that good of a writer mm-hmm. in any sort of way. So like Jinx and London's story was okay, we want to beat each other because we want to be the first ever woman grand champion we want to if i beat you i know that it'll elevate me and that's just a story that i would tell with matt connard i would tell with lee moriarty i would tell with anyone it's the same story it just happened to be that we got thrown in a situation that it worked and uh i might have even said this last time that in intergender wrestling and since i've been able to like actually like rise is the first place i've been able to like build myself up it's just the first time i've noticed it is with men it's the men are so much more open to not being like, oh, well, I don't think you should give me that move because like you're really small. Mm-hmm. Um, dudes are just then Derek Direction comes out and is like fucking German suplex me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, he told me we were in a spot and I was like, you're, I was like, Jing's going to German you. And he goes, Hornswoggle Germans. I said, cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, cool. Yeah. If Plus, you give me reason. I think the. I've never thought that there was a reason that I like couldn't do a German. I feel like I just like in that match specifically gave me so much more confidence in Jinx as a character because of the fact that I wasn't, I didn't go into it like, uh, oh, I can't, I, Mm -hmm. we weren't talking about it where I was like, oh shit, I can't do this because I'm too small. Oh mm-hmm. shit, I can't do this because like, uh, like it wouldn't look cool for us, blah, blah, blah. It was like, no, we're going to wrestle. You're going to go punch for punch with this grown ass man mm-hmm. and it's going to make sense. Mm-hmm. We're going to tell the story and like, we did that. It's yeah. empowering. Exactly. And I mean, that's the message that incredible. we want to give, especially like, I can tell you right now, like I'm not... Like, one of the things that moves me the most is when these little girls come up and they're almost, like, too scared to, like, 
get in the photo with me, but their mom's like, she loves you and like she wants to be a wrestler. Like those yeah. are the moments where I'm like, this is why mm-hmm. like I get I went through the shittiness and like still like do like, you know, go through all this because like that those girls need somebody. And and you never know like I I personally don't know like know what the culture because I'm old like looks like right now and I'm hoping it's as empowering like I couldn't imagine being in high school right now like I had a terrible time in high school I cannot imagine what high school for women right now looks like but it's the same thing of like maybe they just needed to see this girl whoever it is get in the ring to this guy who's being a jerk and kick his ass and say oh I'm I'm not I'm not this fragile thing I'm not I don't need to be protected like I just need to stand my ground so yeah, and like and you do a lot of like blogging on yeah all this. and like I remember you sent me like can I do the Jinx and Derek match and yeah. I was like yeah yeah go ahead and then I remember like like you wrote that article up and I was like oh that's really nice that she said nice things about the company and I was like okay and then like you wrote one the next week of like this is a terrible intergender match and I was like oh wait a minute all right like this yeah. is and like that I've never from... seen that like dynamic before especially on your blog well because I came from I because the match that I really disliked came from a company that I really enjoy their gender intergender work and generally think that they provide really good examples of intergender matches and they commit to it really hardcore much like rise has um to the point where um the company is beyond wrestling and beyond wrestling on their youtube channel has um at the time when we started this project uh, this project that i'm still trying to finish um we there were about just over 90 videos on this full matches on this um youtube account that are intergender matches not all of which are beyond some are chikara some are other companies that they promote um so i got together a team of just other fans and wrestling writers and we watched every single one of them and scored them on a on a met like a rubric um I was surprised when I got their scores back that they liked this one match as much as they did because I strongly disliked it. Can I ask what match it was? It was actually a match that I was kind of primed to enjoy, which was a match between Kimberly and Colt Cabana. But mm. it featured yeah. it featured a trope that I really dislike in Energetic Wrestling. And I did that match the week after I covered the Derek Direction and Jinx yeah. match for the reason – because all the things that fail in this match are things that you guys succeeded in. Um, I hate the trope in an intergender match where the guy is too much of a gentleman to fight the, the, the I woman. hate that shit. Because when did we fucking forget that we were wrestlers? Yeah. yeah. Like, you got in this ring for a fight. No one's buying this. It's going to happen. We know that you're going to have a wrestling match. I really dislike that trope because, yeah, there's a lot of suspension of disbelief that we have as wrestling audience members, and we we go along with it. But the one thing I'm not going to buy is that a wrestler went into a wrestling ring for a wrestling match. We're all wrestlers. And is suddenly stunned to be asked that he's to wrestle somebody. Right. You knew what was happening. You knew, you knew Bro, happened. you were there. You signed a contract. You, you signed a contract. <laughs> but you're right. You're like, getting paid. Yeah. We know this match is going to happen. And we know this is just preamble. We know that you're going to have a match. You're going to have to get talked into it. You're going to do cutesy things that I dislike. He does the kissy thing that I really hate in intergender matches. But what I really hate about it is the restraint. I hate the idea that, like, you're a woman, so I'm going to treat you gentlemanly and I'm going to restrain myself, even though we all know that you're wrestlers. Why don't you show the same restraint towards Marco Stunt, who's, like, 90 pounds? (laughs) You don't show, yeah. You, <laughs> like tiny people. It's kind of, yeah, it goes counter to all the other matches we see you wrestle anybody where you just go. Yeah. And like, yeah, you're, you do, do comedy stuff. Like Cole Cabana does comedy wrestling, but like 
we see you go plenty of times. So like, why is this the moment that you choose to like withhold? It just doesn't work. Um, it doesn't work in the match. It doesn't work in the match reality. It Mm -hmm. takes you out of it completely. Um, what I like about your match with Derek is that neither of you hold back. You have very different strong, you, you have very different strengths and very different weaknesses. And what loses the match for Derek in that match is not necessarily that you overpower him is that you seize a moment that he is weakened by his own, like his own weaknesses. He, he is distracted by his own weaknesses, which is his ego. And Mm -hmm. that works so well from a psychological aspect. And the rest of the physicality in that match matches that psychology. Mm -hmm. It was definitely one of the best intergender matches I watched in the past year because of that, because like, and you talk about like you, you giving back to this, you know, this guy who's much bigger than you. Totally true. But also, you take some serious bumps in this match. You take some serious that bumps in this. Bomb oh my gosh! <laughs> Hell yeah! That was hell yeah! Oh my gosh! So like, yeah. So I'm I, as a as a smallish lady, I'm watching this and I'm like, okay. So I, I'm seeing all these power moves from you, and I'm in, and I think that's awesome. But I'm also seeing you take significant bumps. And keep going. And I can only imagine how, what I would have felt like if I was a younger girl, if I was a kid watching this and been like, oh, I can get fucking like thrown into a turnbuckle and get back up. It's really cool. There's strength in taking that yeah. and coming back. It's really cool back. that you uh, like picked up on that because that's the main thing that I've always wanted as the Jinx character is that I don't and don't really wish to have like a cool move set or two cool moves. I know I can't do deadlift power moves, but I want to, I think that it's very important for people to see it. And I think it's very important to be someone that can get the shit kicked out of them and stand up. Like whether you win or lose, you get the shit beaten out of you. You're willing to go punch for punch and then you get up. It's what's it what it's what makes the criticism of intergender wrestling that it promotes domestic violence so interesting to Ugh. me and so like so infuriating in that like I feel like there's no greater narrative to me about a like a, the strength and resilience of like of getting back after a fight than yeah. to watch someone do that. And that that counts for any match, honestly. For sure. Wrestling is filled with those moments, whether it's an intergender mm-hmm. match or you know, a, a whatever. But it is especially inspiring to see, like, a woman go toe-to-toe with a male wrestler and, like, take the kind of physical bumps that they you, – you might – if you were in – not that a wrestling move is in any way like a fight move, but it does – I feel like if I were someone who was a victim of domestic violence, which I unfortunately not have been – I'm not to have been – I think I would find a lot of strength in watching a woman take some form of abuse and be able to dish it back and to to yeah. continue and to resist against it because I, I would prefer that than just like pretending that that world doesn't ever happen, that exactly. doesn't exist. It's just it's nasty. I mean, that's what I mainly went with the honey badger too. I mean, that's like the animal themselves, like you see them, they'll they'll literally take on a pack of lions or they'll take on an elephant everything and like they don't because they don't see the size difference and mm-hmm. that's kind of what mm-hmm. you know which, which, we are trying to portray too it's like it it doesn't matter like if you're in a situation where you know you feel threatened or whatever like you hold your own like you yeah. don't have to run away or back up it's like just keep getting up and keep fighting for what you want and you can apply that to almost yeah. anything it's like just keep going it might hurt you might get your yeah. ass kicked but you stay there 
yeah. stand your ground. Sure. And I think that in itself is inspiring, like you said, in any walk of life. Yeah, absolutely. And the audience gets behind it. There's a reason why there's a reason why these intergender moments in other matches and other in other promotions, et cetera, have the power that they do and like get the reaction that they do. Good or bad reaction. They are strong moments that like just that that promote a very specific, very like loud message. And those who seize on that message in a positive way really seize mm-hmm. on it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember like last time we had a, like, a really good conversation as well about like for me booking Badger and Jinx and intergender is easy because they have characters that don't back down and there's, you know, smaller people. So when they pop off against a larger person, like the crowd's going to buy into that. The crowd's going to love it. The issues then become like certain characters, like, like London is a good example as a heel woman where it becomes harder. Like mm-hmm. we talked last time and I was like, well, so how, what's the solution? How do we book heel women where people like want to see a woman get punched in the face and, and get a pee pot. Yeah, how do they get over that type of thing? And what is, so awesome. what has happened, and what we've what I've noticed is that the longer we've done intergender, and the longer we've had heel women and and face women and tag matches and six ways and stuff like that, the crowd has significantly just cared less about their gender. Sure, Absolutely. it's just slowly but surely they just don't care anymore, and there's no awkwardness to it. So like. You know, next show we haven't announced it yet, but we're going to do London and Lee, Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. an intergender match of a a woman versus a guy. Yeah, yeah, very face. Yeah, and it's going and like that's a tougher situation. But I, I honestly think that the crowd is just going to be like, okay, yeah, Yeah, Uh, let's see this. Let's Let's see two athletes like go at it. London has built herself up. Lee has built himself up. Okay, what are we going to do? And that's the ultimate goal. It also speaks to the power of the, of the booking that you've had and the storylines you guys have run with and the characters that you guys have developed that, um, that like you could pit London versus Lee and you know, your audience already has a, like is hugely behind Lee. Yeah. Yeah. They adore him. So They they may like have there might London might have a fair share of fans in the audience as well, mm-hmm. um, ardent supporters, but not to the level that Lee does. So mm-hmm. this is a really that's a smart idea to pit someone who does have a like two yeah. people who have defined followings and defined uh, gimmicks to to see how that works out. And yeah. I think you're gonna see mm-hmm. that you're right. I don't yeah. think they're gonna care. The I think they're gonna, just, they're gonna keep rooting for Lee. Right. And think, it's just gonna build her up too more when you see that she because London is a very talented athlete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think when you see some her go against Lee's where you can really compare like mm-hmm. their their skill level, I think yeah. it's gonna really end up, even though you know, people there don't really like London because of her her stance in the company or whatever, but mm-hmm. um, you know, character wise, but it, it's gonna really build her up. It's like, holy shit, she went toe to toe with Lee. Moriarty and like held her own, like whichever way it goes, like she held her own, which I know she will. She's fantastic. She is. She she was, uh, and I, I, I don't give her enough credit at rise and she deserves a lot more because London was the tip of the spear for intergender for all of the women there because London was the first woman that was booked at rise. Uh, she was one of brand students and he like, when I, I first was part of the company, I was like, I really want to do intergender. I really want to do it. And there was like a little bit of like, eh, Probably not. And then I left for a little bit of time and Brandon was booking himself and he had this, you know, London had graduated and he wanted to do something with her and he turned around and it was like, don't have any women. Like, who she wrestle? And it's like, who she wrestles all the time? 
Like yeah. she trained the with, people you train with. She trained with the same people. Like just let her go work them. And so she started doing the story with uh, Cristiano Negro, uh, the masked cousin of Christian uh, Noir. Um, and I remember right as I was coming back in, they were doing a loser leaves town match between the two of them. And a brand, I go, do you want to keep the story going? And Brandy goes, I'm not going to lie to you. This has been the story that's getting the best reactions of everything we're doing. Anything we're doing on the card, biggest pops, most social media involvement, everything was the story between. They did a contract signing between the two of them and all this type of stuff. And it was getting the most stuff. And Brandon was like, I'm 100% in. Like, this is what we have to do. This is going to be the company now. Like, mm-hmm. London really broke that mold for our company mm-hmm. and deserves a lot of credit for it. And it's been a nice differentiator for the area as well for you guys, too. Yes. yes. The other one, I do want to give, like, I will give Badger a lot of credit because Badger and Keith were the first intergender tag team we did. And that was also, like, a, like, there was some hesitation on doing an intergender tag. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nah, no, nah, like, yeah. I, I think I told her when I put them together, I was like, there is no way people aren't going to love you yeah. two together. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. impossible, it, impossible for you two not to absolutely be. Perfect. It makes total sense. And also, intergender tag match, that, that's the perfect way to introduce yeah. intergender work. Absolutely. That's yeah. the, per- like, I mean, you see them towing that line with the mixed match challenge in mm-hmm. WWE, mm-hmm. but like, with an intergender tag match, you can you can allow your audience to suspend their disbelief even more so. And you get a lot of great moments between like four, four wrestlers. Mm -hmm. You can exchange. There's so many different dynamics. So it's actually the perfect way to introduce. Well, yeah. And then I just put them against the main event. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, it was the smallest two people have against the main event. And it's, it's a great match. It's amazing. It's fantastic. (laughs) Once again, we didn't look at it as, you know, a Mm. chick and a dude two smaller people looking at two big dudes. It was like, all right, well, what's, what's our offense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all you do. There's a, exactly. Th- there's a moment when you guys have Duke on the ropes that the whole crowd goes like, Oh, the main event's going to lose. And they mm-hmm. were like, th- I think they were undefeated for like 16 months or something. Like we had just started mentioning the undefeated streak. Yeah. And there was this moment of like, Keith hit like that head kick. And there was like a, Oh, wait a minute. This is mm-hmm. going to happen. I think it was like, was it a head kick stunner or something? Or you stunned yeah, him I stunned him and I head kick. And then I got a lot of um, feedback from fans that when I, because I think, I can't remember, but I think it was after that, I also um, put him in that triangle. Yeah. And people were like, oh, oh yeah. man, this is, is this going to be the one? Because it was like, that's like, how do you take down somebody who's, what is he almost, what's? Six, 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 yeah. seven. Yeah. You, you them to sleep yeah like, yeah do you know what i mean and it's no, but again it's no different than in any other match if i was facing like jessica havoc or if i was facing like a chick that was bigger it's like okay i can't outpower you no matter yeah. it, no matter the fact that i think i'm seven foot two mm-hmm. and anyone can choke you know anyone I mean? else out exactly yeah. it's yeah. like i'm gonna knock you out right? i'm gonna get the hell out of dodge like so, that's how this match is gonna work so ring of honor doesn't have weight classes they don't do like the junior weight heavyweight distinction oh, I know. and um something that like the reason i think intergender should one of the many reasons I think intergender work should happen in ROH is that they already have really small, much smaller guys going up against yeah. much bigger guys all the time. Jonathan Gresham versus anyone. Jonathan mm. Gresham took down Shane Taylor <laughs> with a choke, like with like yeah. an octopus hold. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Fun fact: Jonathan Gresham is shorter than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I am five foot even. Because they don't have cl- they don't have weight class distinctions. They have the perfect in to be able to work a woman against like anyone that they want to yeah. because they've yeah, already the established the that this is a this is a reality where 
that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Your strengths overcome your weaknesses. And if your weakness is that you're much smaller than a guy, your strength might be that you have expert timing and know exactly when to jump on that guy's back and choke the freaking life out of him. (laughs) Like how you were saying um, that a big thing is just being able to fight back and getting back up again. And that's a big thing in intergender wrestling. That's also like a huge thing in just like any wrestling when you see just like, like when there is no weight class or when it's like there's like a Marco Sun or Jonathan Gresham size guy taking on like a Keith Lee or Shane Taylor size guy. And How many times have we there's seen? There's so many moments like that. Like so Rey Mysterio easy. versus. Absolutely. Didn't he face the big show a couple times? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like that's Holly. believable, but you're saying like I couldn't, yeah. like I can't fight. Uh, yeah. Gannon? Or- uh, no, not Gannon. Uh, Duke? No, other big. Dumb meathead guy that we have at Rise. Bulk, bulk, bulk nasty. nasty, thank you. <laughs> I get hit in the head a lot. I don't remember a lot of things. I know. Sorry. No, uh, and, like we've seen a lot of like recently the whole uh, WWE storylines on Raw has been Brock Lesnar beats up little dude. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Brock yeah. Lesnar beats up Finn Balor. Brock Lesnar yeah. beats up Daniel Bryan. Brock Lesnar beats up AJ Styles. Yeah. Like Indy Small Darling goes against Brock Lesnar, and it's like you can't survive Brock Lesnar. And then they have these matches where it's like, oh my god, this Holy small shit. dude. Yeah. <laughs> He might beat Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And like, no one beats Brock Lesnar for obvious reasons. But there's But moments. you gave him that moment oh my, of... Everyone buys in. It's yeah. possible. Yeah. So I don't understand, like, uh, like uh, we've compared about before. And, like, and that's one of the reasons I put it on your Mayhem Mania board was the I picked the Rollins versus Charlotte because it's like, that's a match that's so even to me. Seth mm-hmm. Rollins versus Charlotte Flair is like the most like even crazy. WWE match you could think of to me. Absolutely. Like, they're Absolutely. like the same size. They are. Charlotte might be taller. Charlotte, Charlotte she's she's taller. she might actually be taller. I, like, Char- Charlotte's got taller. an inch at least. But they're both she's two like people that are like top athletes. Like they're Absolutely. both in phenomenal shape. Do you know what I mean? Like again, they've dedicated themselves to their craft. So why not let them do their craft without so many restrictions? It's, that match would be amazing. That would be so oh, good. if it happens wherever it happens, it's it's literally going to be the talk of the internet or, or the indie scene for. A long time. And, and I don't understand, cause there's been an argument as well, like, and it's such an older argument, and, like, the thing that people need to break is this idea of if a man loses to a woman, he's less than, and if he beats a woman, then he just beat a woman. Exactly. But that's a mentality that when you hear that mentality and the criticism of it, you realize of just, like, oh, you just don't understand. You just don't get it. And there's no, like, I'm not... Champion. Yeah. yeah that, that exactly. Was, yeah. There's a perfect yep. example. That was called out right at the beginning of the stream, actually. Yeah. So and the, the fans notice, you know. Yeah. Um, I so we've been going at this for well over an hour, and I did put out there if anybody has any questions out there to oh, close no. us with some discussion. The Riz, uh well, well wait, first of all, Bobby asked, Do we have to close the show? Uh Riz <laughs> thinks that he's pretty sure that Marcus slept over from last night have. here. We were here pretty late. I so, was here very late. Yes, last yes. <laughs> um, there's a lot of discussions on and off the stream that happened. Uh, but, but Riz says, uh, not sure if it was asked before, is there a man in any promotion that Jinx or Badger would love to have a feud with? Oh, shit, man. <laughs> I want to wrestle Lee Moriarty really bad. I want to wrestle... Everyone does. Uh, yes. I want to wrestle Christian War really bad. Okay. And I also want to tag with Christian War. <laughs> um, it would be a mess because we're both just psychopaths. But... Um, as far as pe- things that aren't like as feasible to me in life, uh, let me think. I feel like it, that's one of those things where it's always like, you know, 
constantly. But then uh, the second that someone asks you, you're like, what's a wrestler? Yeah. Um, uh, local, my dream match is yeah. Tajiri. Yeah. That'd be a good one for you. Tajiri's my favorite wrestler of all time. I think he can do no wrong. I tried to book Tajiri, but he's very expensive. That's fair. You have to fly him from Japan. I'm just going to let you know that. Oh, there's that. <laughs> uh, no, like locally for you, and I'll throw his name out there, uh, though I think that you would have a really good intergender match with, um, is uh, Atticus Koger. Yes. I was in a tag with him. Yeah. Uh, in Ohio, uh, we, I was very sick, and it was a very small show. We did not touch each other, except he elbowed me in the mouth. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, there's comeuppance there and I would yeah. love to wrestle Atticus. I, I think, think, I think you guys stylistically would work well together. I think we would stylistically work very well together. Uh, I'm just trying to think more locally now. Cause I think if I think on like a wider angle, I'm just going to mm. like go wild. Mm. Uh, hmm. what about you, Badger? Um, I definitely, um, want to run with Ophidian. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. I and I, I think it. I think mm-hmm. it turning into a tag would be hysterical. You did have a moment backstage at IWC. We did. We did. Um I I just I don't know that badger instinct kicked in. It was he attacked the cobra, but uh, for the for the crowd that's uneducated, badgers not seventy uh, percent of their diet is venomous snakes. That's amazing. But- there was an early internet meme about badgers and snakes. Okay. So, there was. Yes. And then I almost the year was did exterminating work for you in the summer. Right. Remember that? Right. Badger exterminating service. <laughs> oh, there's another shirt. That's a good shirt. Yeah. Snake exterminating. There's also a, a honey badger uh, emoticon. I know. Finally. It's, it's finally an emoji. Everything's turning up badger. I will say that every time I play Red Dead Redemption, I feel bad when I hunt badgers. Yeah, you should. I feel bad. By the way. I always think of you whenever I shoot a badger. I'm like, oh. Oh. <laughs> I wish people would stop sending me taxidermied badgers. I get, wait, wait, I get, wait, 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 wait. I get so many messages from fans of like, I know it's like, a, oh, I thought of you, which is great, but it's like, I'm gonna start going to funerals and being like, hey, <laughs> thought of you, like, I'm still like, please, Here's your taxidermied grandma. Yeah, like, oh my, I'm like, oh my god, I don't want to see these dead badgers. Like, if you send me real badgers, I'll be like, cool. Like, my 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 coworker is going um to South Africa for a couple months, and I was like, if you go to this one badger sanctuary, I'd need at least like a thousand photos that I can Photoshop myself into. <laughs> like, but it's the same. But I'm just like, stop sending me like stuffed taxidermied. Uh, I don't even like them in museums. I thought when you said that, you meant that they were actually sending them to like, you. Like, like in a box. Yeah, I thought that you had like a P.O. box that was getting taxidermy. Yeah. Like, oh my God, <laughs> my, my house is overrun like, with taxidermy like, badges. Oh, the- I didn't understand why there was this reaction. Now. <laughs> I, I, you're getting yeah. dead badgers in the mail. Yeah. Like, do the- not, I am not, do not send me taxidermy animals. Do you know how much that would cost to ship? That's yeah. a lot of commitment. That's a lot of commitment. That's some super fans there right is there. A, there is a local... Um, like couple that does taxidermy dough and they were like, you should come see our badger. And I'm like, no, thanks. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't trust you. Oh, <laughs> you cut open and stuff animals. Mm. It's okay. Yeah. Don't go alone. Wow. Um, yeah, don't send me. BC steel, uh, ask a question for the two of you. Of course. Um, how do you respond to the 10 year old girl that asks how they can do what you do and be like you also, Marcus, I hate you and I hate your stupid hat. Um, I hate Ben. <laughs> I'll always hate Ben. 
There'll be no time where I don't hate Ben. Continue. Um, I would say that, I mean, I wouldn't tell a 10-year-old girl, think of it in a metaphorical sense, sweetie. <laughs> but um, right. do, in the fact that it's more of a uh, look at that inner power and do just keep getting up and fighting for yourself and fighting for what you think you need to fight for. And uh, yeah, don't physically fight Derek directly, but do it in your soul. At least until you're older. Yeah. When you get older, beat the shit out of whoever you want, but not when you're 10. Especially Derek Direction. Especially Derek. Especially Derek Direction. Yeah, as you do. As you do. Badger? I mean, my thing is always just like, don't let anybody tell you you can't do something. Mm -hmm. That was just always my yeah. like, don't let them tell you that. Like, whatever you want to do, just just go do it. So what? And if, and, if you, and if you fail, then it's like, at least you, A, got it out of your system, or B, it helps you onto the path of what you're, you're meant to do. But, um, I, I don't know. I love, I love fighting dudes. I'm never going to not, I do too. I'm never not going to be that chick at the bar. That's like, Oh, let's go. This I fireball says everyone. that I can kick your ass. So <laughs> like, but hi, how are you? Nice I always you. say that like the fact that I think Jinx's gimmick and the gimmick of Jinx is based on the fact that she thinks that she can fight literally everyone and everything mm. and that comes from a real place uh it's one of those things where it's like i know feasibly that it's not real but also i can and i will but jinx actually does mm -hmm. i just you know in as a business a, casual jinx in life a vessel that jinx speaks through yes exactly i don't think that i think you should have just as much I don't know you strike me as someone very confident something from as simple as like your look and everything like I don't I don't think it should be like oh this is a character like when I go like oh no she's yeah she's do you know what I'm saying like, like said, my best I I'm the vessel I get what you're saying but channel she is a lot amplified of yeah yeah uh, yeah totally PC uh, responds both good answers please don't hurt me and uh Marcus you have a stupid face jerk face with stupid face okay yeah Okay. And also, everybody is uh, uh, retelling Ooh. how uh, Atticus has hurt them. Yeah, there's Ooh. a lot of Atticus service. Honey stores. Badger yeah. versus BC Steel. He oh. keeps telling me he's retired and he won't, he won't have matches. Okay, cool. But, I don't care. But I don't, like, you, if yeah, you no drag, wrestler retires. If you want to drag him to the ring and beat him up, I'm not going to stop you. Do it. Oh my gosh, that'd be great. Please do that. Oh, the possibilities. <laughs> ben, ben, had, ben had a lot, like, Ben had a match with Morgan. Back when I first started, that was like an intergender match that was really good. Like it was really, really good. Was it like some Beulah McGillicuddy shit? Yeah, it was more in that <laughs> vein. Yeah. It was more in that vein. They did a really good job. He bled all over the place. There was no I bleeding, love... but like, oh. but like they had like it was a really, really good little match. That was when Ben wore uh, a full white singlet, like full body white singlet, Jeez. and then leopard print trunks over top of it. <laughs> it had like legs. Like when I say say like the singlet had like yeah, it went down to his ankles and I Wait, think yes! and I think it came down all the way to <laughs> yeah. his. It was like a full suit. Wow. Yeah. God. yeah. And then leopard pink trunks over top. I'm of gonna it. need to see pictures. He has pictures. Hold on. Uh, We're talking about. <laughs> it. I'm the queen of screenshots, so I, I definitely have it somewhere. Yeah. I think you've hit really on like what makes an intergender match the kind of draw that it is too when you have 
two per you know two wrestlers or four wrestlers or whoever or however many people are in the match that um have like strong gimmicks and strong mm-hmm. presence and strong personality that you can you can rely on a whole lot of different things in watching as much intergender wrestling as I did in the last two months and just watching so many matches. The ones that stick out to me are not always the ones that are like the most technically proficient, the ones that are go so seamless. A lot of times they are the ones where the wrestlers, where gender is not as much of a question, like it's it's not really made much of. And it's more about two pe- people with very strong presences, very strong personalities in whatever way you define it, um, going and having a match that tells a story that both, you know, tells a story in ring and possibly reflects on a story that is happening outside of ring too. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be a big story or a flashy story or, or even like carry on beyond that ring. But if you've got, you know, BC steel going against Badger, like you're going to get a lot out of that just based on like what the audience already understands about those characters. It's going to keep putting that out in the world. Putting it out of there. Don't re- Hashtag beat up BC steel. Yeah. Oh my god! Some people would want to do yeah. that. Yeah, BC Steel. You know yeah. how happy you'll make your audience. My, yes. you know, my earliest oh, memory yeah. of BC Steel was the time that they had the uh, a crowd intermission come in and elbow drop them or something. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a <laughs> ben, great like, idea. Bend was was regularly uh, in like the early two thousands ish. They would do a spot where uh, someone would knock him out like right before intermission and then the intermission you could pay a dollar to go pin bc steel yeah and yeah. they would like count the three a referee would count the three and they take a picture amazing. of you pinning bc steel oh. <laughs> we're missing out on so so you, much profit so you just sent the audience away pretty unhappy for uh this <laughs> yes. past weekend i'm just saying that this might be a way of getting them back on your side <laughs> Yeah, screwing up everybody's it, brackets. Yeah, oh. there was a, you some ruined brackets. everyone's. Brackets. They were so mad. Oh, really? They were so people were so. It's sad. not even that. I think it was just the there were some that it was so like when you just even set the match up, it was so obvious, <laughs> and it was like y'all y'all didn't like see that. Like y'all didn't know that Grindhouse was gonna pull some shady ass stuff, and you know my favorite was that no one thought that Golden Sheik was gonna win, and I'm like. They were a tag team. <laughs> They're a tag team. They were the only actual all right, all right. one. We need to break this down for anybody listening who does yeah, not yeah. follow Rise with a Y. Um, there's a tag team tournament. Um, Honey Badger, Badger and Keith Hot, who I know just popped in the chat room a little bit ago, were taking on uh, uh, Grindhouse Noir with Megan Myers and, and Christian Noir. Uh, Which it fell into. Because originally we were going to have two different intergender tag matches. And then yeah. things fell apart and it was they got mixed into one which was like i think that was my big regret out of the show was we had two intergender matches scheduled for it Mm -hmm. uh so it was like it was supposed to be you guys versus b-span and shirley doe uh that would have been been, i want to and that that got messed up on that one that one yeah that trust me that's coming um and then that got like some things happened there and then it got mixed in with you uh, christian and meg and it was like the easier dynamic to do because like just the way things we were doing made sense of that. And that's my base for guys. We like, we came in with two and then we only walked out with one and yeah. I was like, okay, that, that sucks. And the other one was golden Sheik, who is a team yes. against military intelligence, which were our first who time team, team of Lewis the nerd but and Drake Braddock, but they <laughs> are right. now. There's a lot of possibility there. Right. I they really, are now. I right. really they're want doing them a back. pit fight. I did they just got announced. Oh, are they? They're going to fight as a team. Yep, they just got oh. announced they're going to do it as a team. So, like, military intelligence is a real team that's Jeez. really happening. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Guys, we've been going a while, and I feel like we could go for another hour and a half. But uh, <laughs> so, Honey Badger versus Beastman would have been amazing. Uh, didn't that happen? In- um, you guys have had 
uh, happened in an alternate universe. That was an alternate. That universe, was on Earth yes. two. That was on Earth, Earth two. two. Earth two wrestling. Yes. So we will fight each other for the first time. That's right. Uh, well, let's go to the line. Emily, where can people find what you're doing and within these, these articles we've been talking about? Uh, oh, well, you can find me on Twitter at ForkedPGH, F-O-R-K-E-D-P-G-H. I am a co-host of Talking Honor on the Pro Wrestling Torch. It comes out every Wednesday, so there is an episode out today. And uh, I will sometime update the sadly very quickly defunct blog that I started about intergender wrestling, which is called Boy Girl Party. And you can find, uh, in addition to my coverage of the Derek Direction and Jinx match and the other match that I mentioned that I didn't like so much, there's also um, some talk about uh, Jazz, uh, Jazz's big debut or one of her big debut matches for ECW and a couple other features there. Um, so read it, comment, cajole me to to restart it because i very quickly fell off but at some point i'll be releasing the um the scores and the results of our big intergender mat mm-hmm. our intergender review because yeah we watched like 90 plus matches of several several hours of intergender matches between me and like 10 other people so we have ranked them and scored them and I will get that information out there at some point i can't believe they're not mad at me doing the work so you don't have to do you have a name for your rubric yet do i have a name for what the rubric um, it's just a met- it's just a rubric just that I put together. It's like an intergender wrestling rubric. It's- so like here, like one of my favorite things in uh, like statistic analysis for like baseball and basketball mm-hmm. is when they come up with a rubric, they'll come up with like a way to name it. Oh, okay. Um, and so like there's one for basketball that it's like a it's like a like a an acronym, but it spells out like uh, Carmelo, like for Carmelo Anthony. Oh, cool. So like if you could find a way to 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 make an acronym, I, if I would suggest it calling it like the China rubric or something like oh that. Oh gosh. Like the way make an acronym for it to do something like that. That's fantastic. And actually, I think we did. Well, and there goes the chair. Oh, there goes the chair. <laughs> oh, we were doing so it good. the whole time. Um, there, there were, I think, were five, including overall match score. Okay. So. Welcome to my world, by the way. China would probably work. Yeah. That's, that would be my vote for that one. Uh, Marcus Mann, of course, Marcus Mann BHS. Yes, that's still a Twitter handle. Um, that is a stable that's dead, but I still promote because I still have some t shirts for sale. Um, (laughs) I put a lot of money into that t shirts. Actually, I don't know if we have, I think Edric has all the t shirts now. Uh, we should put those up on Teespring and buy our old Black Hand Society merchandise, which is the coolest t shirt you don't have. Uh, so, uh, at Marcus BHS on Twitter. Marsman on Facebook. Uh, please, if you friend request me, I will definitely immediately unfollow you. Um, and then I don't like I don't want to new stuff in my newsfeed. I like my newsfeed the way it is. And then at the Markman Six on Instagram. And then all the Rise stuff. Uh, rise with a Y underscore wrestling. A hashtag not your friend, Marcus Man. <laughs> I got one friend and he's got one knee. <laughs> <laughs> and that's enough for him. Uh, ladies, where can people find you online? Um, my. Oh. Instagram account is bloody underscore adorable. And then my Twitter is bloody X adorable. If that's incorrect, uh, try vice versa because <laughs> it's one or the other. If, if, if you type bloody and adorable, it will probably come up. If you type in the words up. bloody yes. and adorable and then jinx somewhere, it'll come up. Hashtag thick, thick dimples. Jinx. Yeah. If you type in thick dimples, I come up on Twitter. <laughs> with two C's. Two C's. Yeah, two thick C's. with two C's. Uh, and badger and i know you got a, a special event i'm sure we'll talk about a little bit more on mayhem show next week but... yeah i'll be here next week talking about um especially after an email i got today there's uh there's some crazy i'm gonna be very busy this year oh, man. um but but we'll we'll get more to that but i am uh 
Regina Honey Badger on Instagram. And then hold on, I got to look again. Regina H. Badger on Twitter. Um, or if you are, uh, I'm not going to be doing Facebook much longer, but for right now, uh, if you type in my government issued name, Regina Badger, I should come up. Good for you. Good for you. There you go. I would love to get off Facebook. I it's garbage. I would love it's to get off. It's just a garbage pile. I can't. It's I'm I'm stuck with social media. But I would love to get off. Oh yeah. I was just having this conversation of if it wasn't for wrestling, I think yeah. I would be yeah. one of the few people that's like, I don't mm. know what social media is because I'm just so disgusted with and it. And of course, if you want to be booked on Rise Wrestling, please send a Spider Man pictures yes. to Marcus Mann. Spider Man okay. pictures. It's my pinned tweet, so <laughs> Or send him a picture of Danny DeVito as a penguin or your favorite song from Weezer's The Red Album. Oh, jinx. <laughs> we will fight about Weezer forever. Forever. Wow. Uh, thank you, everybody. And of course, a lot of the matches we talked about here are featured over on IndieWrestling.us and IndieWrestling.network. You can. <laughs> it's amazing how that works. Uh, look how fast that was. Uh, but uh, go check all this out and uh, a lot more. Uh, uh, happening with that. And if you have any thoughts on this, please comment on uh, the video or the uh, tweeters and everything along with this. I have a feeling we'll have a more than a few comments on this. Um, thank you, everybody. Please subscribe to Indie Mayhem Show on your favorite podcast place. And until next time, please support Indie Wrestling. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.